Welcome, kings and queens, to One Sick Beat. I am your host, One Sick Beat. Here at One Sick Beat, we don't cry, we cry. We don't whine, we whine. Our wine of the day, of course, is from the McBride sisters, Black Girl Magic, Sparkly Roots, Delicious. Remember, the definition of one to be is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life don't let them without warning, but refuses to carry the spirit of growth. And today, y'all, we have a beautiful, Beautiful, beautiful black queen on here. She's an MUA, a makeup artist, because I was going to mess it up. And she also <laughs> has a chronically fab life blog. She is gorgeous with a gorgeous personality. Today, my one thing be also has lupus. But remember, that's a piece of us. That's just a small part of us. So welcome, Miss Natalie. How are you Thank today? You. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I love those screens, Queen. Yeah. <laughs> so, how have you been during COVID season? How has it been for you during COVID? Let's just start off with that. I just asked people right at the top, how has it been for you during COVID season? Because everybody has been there. Can't complain. I mean, like everybody else, I was tired of being in, of course, you know, can't really get out and live the way you want to live can't spend time with your friends your family but um i was actually locked in with my mom so it wasn't like i was alone but you know it was scary you know what i mean because you know the probability of me dying for from it is probably higher than anybody else because of the fact that i'm immunocompromised so um you know it was scary but i did stay hospital free for the year I didn't have to go to the emergency room which was good because sometimes I have something that happens that you know I might have to go in there or whatever but I didn't have to you know my flares stay pretty under control and I was able to you know just stay in stay safe um and um so I can't really complain you know it's just a little scary for me but um, I didn't get it. No, you know, my mom didn't get it. So um, I'm thankful for that. How do you feel about um, the COVID vaccination? And have you been vaccinated and will you be vaccinated? I have been vaccinated. Okay. Um, I got vaccinated um, at the end of March. Oh, so okay. um, I was scared at first. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to wait you know, until some people get it first and see if they turn into zombies. Right. <laughs> watch out before I have to shoot you first to make sure. Right. I was like, yeah. okay, let me see what happened with some people first and see how it go. But um, I also re- waited for the recommendation from um, um, the Lupus Foundation. Okay. Um, at first they said they couldn't recommend, they couldn't give us a recommendation at either first. way. Um, so they said they had to, you know, do some studies or whatever and um, they finally came out with um, recommending that, you know, we get it. Um, I also personally um, talked to my doctor about it. Um, I had to discuss my medications and things like that because I know um, one of the doctors was saying that if you take certain medication, they will want you to stop taking it for like two weeks. But yeah. I wasn't on any of those medications, so I didn't have to stop any of my meds. Um, and I got it. And then I did have a lupus flare. I was sick for like three weeks after the second shot. The first shot, I only had a sore arm for like a day. The second shot made me have a flare and I actually had to take a uh, prednisone for the, the flare up. Do you, do they know why? Do they know why? My doctor said that they found that it was common for people to have a flare after getting the second shot. Um, She said they are doing research on that. I actually was going to participate in um, in the study. I don't know if it's still open or not where they want you to, you know, basically say how you reacted to it. And, you know, so they think it can gather data. Um, But I did let her know personally that, you know, well, she knows she had to give me prednisone. Um, And she said that she had a good amount of patients that needed additional steroids to get 
the condition back under control after they had the second shot. So um, I think some people, I mean, did good, um, but I was not one of them. Looking like this because I'm already, I was supposed to get vaccinated the week of my birthday, and I'm like, no, I don't want to be sick, and I'm supposed to go now. And I'm looking at you like, it was the first one. The first one I didn't have a problem. The first one was fine. I was good. I just had a sore arm. And that only lasted for like a day. The second one is what took me down. Like I was just, I was down for like three weeks. I was trying not to take the prednisone. Uh, I hate it. (laughs) Um, So I was trying not to take it. I just kind of wanted to see if my body would regulate itself, but it, it just was, it just wasn't doing it. So I just was, I just broke because she gave me the choice. She was like, you know, this is all I got for you. <laughs> she gave me the choice whether I wanted to take it or not. And I told her I went, I waited like an extra week. So I probably could have been better before then, but I just didn't want to take it. It just causes me to bloat. And sometimes it gives me skin issues. Sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I definitely pain. have acne. Yeah. I have, you know, have used bathroom, my breakout. I definitely break out uh, afterwards. And definitely uh, I swell up and I yeah. sweat. I just, you know, I was like, do I want to go through that? You know, audition, I already don't feel good. But then it got to a point where I just was tired of, you know, feeling bad like that. So I was just like, okay, fine. I'll take the prednisone. It actually didn't do me that bad this time, you know, because it wasn't a super high dose. It just was higher than my, I usually take um, five milligrams of the Medrol steroid, um, which doesn't really bother me, but it's only five milligrams. Right. But, um, she, took me to, she took me up to 15 and then I tapered okay. now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. The definition of autoimmune disease basically is your body attacking itself. In today's episode, Natalie, she was diagnosed with lupus if you could give me first start maybe from the beginning and uh, did you have any i'd probably say when you were diagnosed uh did you have any symptoms prior to being diagnosed and then i'll ask you i'll let you open up are you okay um so um i was actually diagnosed in um 2010 but i did have started having i would say honestly i started having symptoms when i was in college Um, I I remember having issues with my knees. Um, like my knee gave out one time we was at a party randomly. I literally fell on the floor. Um, and we still talk about it to this day. I had no idea. And I started getting migraines in college. Um, but you know, everything, when you go to the doctor, they send you to specialists. Each specialist don't really converse with the next specialist. So nobody is connecting symptoms. You know what I mean? Everybody is treating things separately. Um, that's why I have all of my doctors in the same system now so that everybody can look and see who I'm seeing. They can look and see all of my records um, at that point. But um yeah, everybody was telling me, everybody was treating each symptom separately, basically. You know, oh, you got a migraine, here's a pill for this. Oh, you're having problems with your joints, just take this. Oh, you're ha-, you know what I mean? So it was just kind of like prescribing me stuff here and there for whatever issue I was dealing with at the time. Um, I, in 2009, I started having really bad fatigue. Um, I didn't know what it was. I thought it might be pregnant. I mean, if this is what pregnancy feel like, I don't like this. <laughs> But I mean, I just didn't know what was going on. I'm like, I'm so tired. So I had got to the point where I was like going to work and coming home and sleeping. I lost all of this weight. You know, I've always been a curvy girl, you know, like a size 14. I think I got down to a size nine. I had never been that small. Everybody's like, oh, you look good. You look good. I'm like, but I feel awful. You know, I I couldn't keep anything down. I was nauseous all the time. I was sleeping all the time. I mean, I was tired. I mean, it was a different type of tired that I just could not explain. And I'm like, something is wrong. It was just, I knew something was wrong. You know, I just didn't know what it was. And I'd only had the fatigue for a couple months. And I felt like I was just overworked because I was going to school for my master's at the time and working full time. 
So I'm like, I'm doing too much. Let me slow down. So I stopped going to school. I was like, let me take a break, you know, because I felt like maybe I was just overwhelmed. I took a break and the symptoms just kept getting worse. I ended up getting like a rash around my elbows next and then a slight rash on both cheeks, but it wasn't the full butterfly, which they didn't catch that. My dermatologist, you know, I went to the dermatologist. They gave me a cream and didn't do anything. The next step was going to be a biopsy, you know, since the cream wasn't working because they couldn't figure out why I had this small rash on my face. And I had it on my elbows, around my elbows, which was strange. And the last symptom that I got was the, the really bad joint pain that, that was keeping me from walking or getting up, being able to get up and down. It got like really severe where it felt like my arm was broke. Like I literally could not move my arm. I went through emergency for that. They gave me a sling. And then The next day, I couldn't walk. My leg was hurting so bad. I had to go back through emergency. And I'm like, the pain is literally moving from one area to another. I'm like, I feel like all this is connected. You know what I mean? They gave me pain medicine and sent me home. I always had this issue with the emergency room. They don't really, you know, they they treat your symptom and then they're trying to get you out of there. Band-aid. Yeah. Yeah, quit band-aid. They sent me home. They got my pain under control. Basically, basically, give you, go to your doctor, see what it is, make an appointment. Then, yeah, that's what they did. They basically was like, you got to go to your doctor so they can do more thorough checkup, whatever yeah. case may be. We got your pain under control. You can walk and send you home. So they sent me home again. And at this point, I'm already missing so much work, okay? <laughs> to the point that my boss had to call me in like, you might need to apply for FMLA. You know, she was black. So she was trying to look out. She was like, you need to, she was like, well, you don't know what's wrong, but you know what I mean? She was like, you got to be prepared because your time is getting really low. You know what I mean? Because I was constantly call, calling off, you know, just was feeling that bad. We're not feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so, um, I just was going through the motions of trying to still live my life and push through because everybody was, they was trying to make me feel like I was crazy and making things up, you know, because I went to my family doctor. I've been seeing a doctor, dermatologist, and then I'm seeing like all of these different people and nobody is giving me any answers. You know what yeah. I mean? They running yeah. tests, but they not running the right tests. Yeah. So they're like, yo, hell, I mean, you good. You know, your blood yeah. pressure, you know, they're like, yo, health, you good. So they like, you know, maybe it's anxiety. You know, basically trying to make it seem like, you know, I'm just stressed. I may, you know, I'm making all of this. Like you said. Yeah, like the pain is not, I'm like, you know, know, so I just decided one day, like, I'm about to Google all my symptoms. Joint pain, rash, fatigue, and lupus popped up. Literally, like, that's what I did. So basically you're saying that you diagnosed yourself, Mike, check one, too. I had to diagnose myself. Yes. So after that popped up, I called my family doctor like, hey, I think I might have lupus. And they were like, well, we can test you for autoimmune. But then after that, you have to go to a specialist and they'll narrow narrow it down from there based on your symptoms. Went in, took the test and came back positive for autoimmune. And that was the life changing. You know, I mean, I was happy at the time to have an answer. You know what I mean? But the part that threw me off really bad was I didn't really understand what lupus was. And I, the fact that they said it's treatable gave me a false narrative. It was like, it's treatable. Like you can live with this. It's fine. It's treatable, but treatable should be used cautiously because yes, you can live, but your life never goes back to the way it was before. And my thinking was like, it was going to be like taking something for a cold or something where you go back. Once you start taking it, the medicine get up in your system, you go back to feeling pretty much like you did before. And that's just, that's not true. You know what I mean? You take the medicine so you feel better than what you do but you still literally have symptoms every day you know what i mean even 
you know, you even on a good day, you're still going to have something, you know what I mean? So I guess that's what threw me for a loop. And then that's what threw me into the depression was that after I started taking the medicine, shit, I was still sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I wasn't as sick as I was. So it's a temporary band-aid to heal that wound for that moment in time, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, like you said, treatable sometimes gives you a skin rash is treatable and it might not come back. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something that you can treat and it kind of dwindles away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the fact of, yeah, you're going to have this for life and you're going to have this, 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 the, the, the small black print that's at the end of the, at the bottom of the TV yes. or, you know, the fine print. You're, you, oh, you, you, you have lupus, but your joints are going to hurt. You're going to go this. You're going to have that. You're going to have this. You're going to fall. You might have to use skin. You might have like da 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 Exactly. That, and that's exactly the way it was. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you some Plaquenil. We're going to give you these steroids. And we're going to give you, I don't know. I mean, I've taken, I've taken pretty much everything but chemo. Okay. Like, I, I you know, the sad thing is I did chemo for my MS. Okay. So, when you say yes, you go through all these extreme lengths, but they're not a cure, they're a band-aid or is make you sick too, you know? Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so you're not gonna say band-aid, let's 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 rephrase it. Uh a Tylenol, it might help for the moment, but then if you take too many Tylenol, it can affect your liver, it can affect your kidneys. It, yeah. And these are all the medicines that give us the function, correct? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So how, how did you tell your family and friends and what was their reaction? Uh, was your support level high? Was it low? Was it understandable? Was um, it confusion? Support Something? was super high. Of course, my mom, you know, I'm her, I'm her only child. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so she you was the best thing in the world. in the best through all of this, you know, because yes. of course that's not in the plan. I'm really supposed to be taking care of her, but I say we take care of each other. You know what yes. I mean? But she, she has been my rock through everything. I mean, she done spent the night at the hospital with me and, you know, she, she taking me to the doctor on Friday. Cause I don't usually like to drive. My, my doctor's office is like 45 minutes from my house. So it's a little far. I don't usually like the, I, I think I had told you before, I don't like yeah. to drive like that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, she gonna take me up there or whatever, but, um, the support was high. It was really high. Of course I was crying. Um, I actually called my, one of the per- first people I told was my best friend, Tanisha, cause she actually has MS and she was diagnosed, um, 2007 before we, it was 2007 or 2008. She was diagnosed with MS. I mean, it was like her last year of college cause she did a five year program for architecture and she was like something is wrong with my hand and I don't know what's going on and she had the real bad fatigue too and you know she ended up having MS so um she was the first person I called like you will not <laughs> you just won't even believe this I was like how best you best friends? Up with autoimmune diseases supposed to be best friends what's going on I was like this is, I told her that all the time like we were definitely meant to be from we start know, like you were supposed to get matching g-wagons not disease you know that's what I thought I was saying I'm like we gonna be together and we both gonna be riding around in the electric we gonna beat each other canes like we didn't think we was gonna be at music cane during life so with that being said because I'm joking about the canes do you have to use any um assisted devices at any time yes i have a cane that i actually had like a little party because i found the other story to this i had a really severe flare in 2015 and it kind of kept being severe through 2015 into 2016 where i was in and out of the hospital um really yeah. high doses of steroids yeah and the steroids gave me um a vascular necrosis avn which is uh, basically a bone disease where it stops the blood flow from coming to certain bones in the joint. So I have that too. And my hip um, is deteriorating. 
Uh, so I will need a hip replacement um, one day. Um, they won't do it now. I still have too much healthy bone, but it does cause a lot of pain. So I do have to use a cane. Uh, it's hard for me to use it because, of course, I don't want to because I'm 35. I don't want to. You know what I mean? I don't mean, but we had a bling party. We had a bling party and blinged out the cane. Yes. Um, that's a, that is a, a group. That's a support. Yes. Yeah, so we had a little bling party. We had tacos. We had music. We all added our little touch to the cane. And my friend got me this real cute charm. And it's it's really it actually is a really cute cane. I get compliments on it all the time. That's uh, how you both have cane. I call my, my my walker is steel. That's one of my favorite colors. And so I call that my Cadillac. And then my scooter because I can't walk long distances is reflective it can either be switched between red or blue okay. and it's cute it's not the old school hug around it's the new one so it's real cute you know okay. um, so this I like is the that. Ride, you know, yeah like i'm i'm telling you like i i'm the one that gets ahead of everything i and know that's the right friendship of having the handicap permanent pass the blue one because we don't have a temporary disease which is the red one we get the blue stickers that we have a permanent disease mm -hmm. i like being that only one that have it exactly girl but yeah i do i actually rented we went on a cruise uh i don't know it wasn't that it was like maybe the year before 2019 we went on a cruise so i uh rented um they have it where you can actually purchase from a company you know the scooters or yeah. whatever yeah so i actually rented one because i'm like I don't know. Do all this walking. Yes, I was like, I don't know if I'm being able to do all this walking like that. But you know, I wanted to go have a good time. My best friend yeah. was like, oh, we can share it. We split the cost. So sometimes yeah. I really, you tie, you use that tie. So because we shared the room. Yes. And we had a ball a with ball. that. Thing, okay. <laughs> yes. What about we got around? We got around just fine. And relax. Everybody get some time. It's just everybody get time to look real, real cute. Everybody get some time just to ride and be comfortable and save our energy. Exactly. Now, with that, what has this battle taught you about yourself? When I mean what has this battle taught you about yourself, um, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? And like I said, and additionally, I know I'm repeating again, that's my MS. What has it taught you? What has it you can give me your own words. I was just getting ready to say, has it, and I'm asking you, so it doesn't make sense. Um, well, I guess it has definitely shown me that I'm stronger than I ever thought that I, you know, was, you know what I mean? Like, it, it definitely has taught me endurance. It definitely has uh, actually showed me what's really important in life. Yeah. Um, I was really career focused um, yeah. before all of this yeah. happened. Like it was just like go to school. I was, you know, I thought I wanted to be a CPA at the time. Um, and it was just like, you know, pushing towards that that goal, you know, and um working myself into the ground, you know, not really enjoying life or realizing like really what's important, just thinking that. You know, that was the only thing that I should be focused on. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. now I really understand, like, there are so much more things. Like, your health is very important. Uh, having a quality of life, making sure you have a balance between, you know, work and, and personal and yeah. that you, you try to control your stress level and that you, you know... It's, it's so much more to life than just, you know, getting up and going to that nine to five every dang on day, five days a week and spending most of your time, giving all of your energy and time to this employer who will replace. Like I said, I was replaced. I think I was on disability for maybe a month. It might not even might have been two months at the most. And they already had a replacement in there, but they couldn't fire me. You know what I mean? But they had to, you know, they had brought somebody in to do the work. And yeah. then I found out that with FMLA, they don't have to give you your actual job back. 
they can give you any position within the company, not your actual position that you just left. They don't have to give you that position back. So I'm like, you putting all this time and energy into a company that will replace you at the drop of a dime. If you, you know, if anything happened to you, you out. You know what I mean? They're not thinking about you and your well-being and how you're going to pay your bills and none of that. So with that being said, I would rather put my all into myself and something that I made, I own, than to give that much energy and time to somebody else's business. Yes. Speaking of that, let's get into she is a makeup artist. Ooh, you see that I almost feel that my arm slipped. I was gonna say, um, well, let's get into she is an MUA, a makeup artist. That means she makes you and feel and look beautiful. Let's talk about the makeup artist when you said that. Did I interrupt you? I, I think you I did interrupt it. Oh no, you was good. No. Okay, go ahead. Uh what uh the MUA. Let's talk about how you got into makeup. Because when you said what made me ask you, and I didn't want to forget uh, the ask you about the MUA, was that one of the things that you started when everything kind of crumbled that you had worked hard for in the other sense of what life and what is, uh, you know, the house with the picket fence, that type of thinking uh, that we all do. Because we all, we I got a degree in something that I can't do physically I, and Mm-hmm. Uh, be a part of you know now with my health or whatever and so that's what made me ask you did the MUA come out of because you said you know the makeup artist so yeah it definitely did it definitely did it taught it it caused me to go a, a totally um different route um I didn't even finish my master's I thought I told you in the beginning I took a break I never went back <laughs> I, I didn't finish. I, I, you know, I still think about it from time to time. Like I should have just finished the last little bit, take a online course, but I'm, I really don't plan on using it. You know what I mean? Um, I, after that happened, I really had to do some soul searching about what I really actually wanted to do because I already had found that accounting was first off is demanding and uh, you have to work long hours. Um, Definitely. It's, it, it just wasn't a fun thing. I was good at it, but it, it just wasn't fun. I didn't like it per se, but it, it paid well, right? You know, it's what I went right. to school for. Right. So I just decided that, I mean, at this point, why not do, take some Something chances? Yeah, I, at this point, I just was like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but it, that ain't it. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I always was into makeup and all of that stuff throughout college, all of that. Like I'll do my friends right. makeup stuff like that. Um, and I thought about going to beauty school when I was in college in addition, like do no, I no, thought no. about it and I was like, let me focus on what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of like put it on back burner or whatever. So I just decided to go to beauty school. I was already not working. I mean, so uh-huh. <laughs> I went to beauty school. I had actually started going to beauty school because I was so unhappy in my job before I had that severe flare. Yeah. So I was going to night night school, but then after um, I had stopped working, I, I just decided to do finish it during the day. And me and I finished quicker because the night classes, it drags it out a little longer. Right. So I, I finished, went um, to become an esthetician, um, and uh, so I do I do facials and stuff like that, too. Super fun. I mean, that's not really what I went for, but I ended up liking it. You know, we learn we have to learn everything. Um, but it was fun. I mean, you're really in Detroit. Yeah. Shout, Shout out to the D. Yeah. And um, I love it. I mean, it's become a lot harder. It's become a lot, a lot harder for me to do makeup because of the hip. But I can do other things that um, I've been trying to find a way to adjust to that. Um, You know what I mean? Where it's not as hard on me to stand and stuff like that. But um, I can do lashes sitting down. I can do, you know, facial sitting down. So it's still, you know, other things that I can do um, that's not so much of, you know, standing so much of, yeah. So now let's talk about, she has a blog called 
the chronically fab, correct? Yeah. The chronically fab life. Yep. So tell us about the chronically fab life because when I seen her on Instagram, I was attracted to her from the way she carried herself, and she was a proud African American female, proud and to stand up and speak up and speak out about a disease that affects our community. And a lot of times we don't talk about certain things as a community. We kind of overshadow them and put us in a corner. And for a woman of her her status to be able to speak up, to have, these are the things that like she went to college. She's These are things that people don't see when they see us. They just see the disability and think like we want to be disabled or this is just how our life was. No, 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 no. Before I got this disease, mm-hmm. I was this person. So please tell me about your blog, The Chronically Fab Life. Um, so I just, I had to find, first off, a way to, to mentally handle everything yeah. going on. And, 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 you know, writing and stuff like that is always a good way, an outlet for you to be able to you know, express yourself, your feelings, things that's going on on the inside and, you know, where you won't feel judged or, you know what I mean? So it really was a way for me to express myself. Um, but I didn't want it to be all negative either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, I talk about the issues and things that I have right. on, but it was a lot of topics that I feel like don't get discussed, especially when you're younger with something like this. Yes. Um, the feeling of not being able to do the same things that your friends might be doing or um, dating. Dating absolutely sucks. Um. <laughs> I, was gonna ask, I didn't want to get too personal, but I was going to ask like, because she's gorgeous if you guys... This is on be gonna be on YouTube. She's a gorgeous girl. I'm proud of the single men that have a job, our responsibility, no kids, and that type of thing. She's on <laughs> single. But I was gonna ask you about the dating side, but like you said, dating sucks. It does in general. I mean just in general. You know, my yeah. said this this, you yeah. know, perfectly healthy. We have the same yeah. problem. Yeah. I mean, my best friend is married, but I think she's the, she's the only one out of my real close like group. Um, yeah. It's just been hard, you know. I feel like Detroit too is a very hard place to date in, but um, yeah, uh, it's just, that. But the lupus, the fact that I have lupus makes it more difficult for me. It may not be a factor for some people, but I don't know when to tell people that I have it. Like, do you just come out out on the first date? Like, hey, you know. By the way. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I don't know. I don't be knowing like I don't know how to bring it up, you know. Um I've had weird situations that's happened to me in the past though. So like I've I met a guy that had lupus. Um okay. had no idea, you know, just happened that the conversation just came up. I can't remember. I think it was because he was saying that he needed uh sunscreen or something like that because you know uh he he was just then it just came up like i i can't even remember but yeah he he had lupus and then i, I met the last guy that i actually did date he um his ex-girlfriend had lupus so he knew all about it so i'm like oh well that just made my life a whole lot easier i had to explain you know <laughs> but um, yeah, right like laura is that you like you know but um it's it's definitely challenging to to figure out how to talk to people, new people about it. I mean, of course, my family and friends already know, but when it comes to like new people coming into your life, how do you exactly bring that up? You know, I also want to know people to know that you ain't got to take care of me. I can hold my own. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, because it's still a form. Of, I think people forget that we. It's not that we're lazy. We have a situation that affects how we operate but we can still do the same thing that everybody else does we just do it differently mm-hmm. yeah so don't count us we out we still need our rest days we might need a day but to you know, a healthy person needs to realize that they yeah. need to rest they need to rest and day you and it takes something to happen for them to, to realize happen. that they need to rest day yeah exactly you're right you're so right about that because we do not get enough of it in general
So, you know, I just wanted to talk about that, like dating, talk about um, food, you know, like, you know, is it food that she can cook? Yeah, gentlemen. She can cook. I've seen it. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm in there hooking it up, hooking it up. Love to cook, love to eat. Um, But I guess I was finding that some foods makes me flare, like pork. I can't, I can't eat pork. Cheese for me can be a trigger too, even though I I absolutely love cheese. I do too. I had a good give me migraines, and the migraines are like the MS migraines, so it just does something totally, totally different to me. Mm-hmm. And I love cheese. I'm like you. It's like hard. That was like a like wine and cheese. I said at one sixty, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we want it. And wine and cheese. I want that. I, you know, and I still have cheese, but I do try to moderate it. Yeah, not have have too much of it, moderation. Yeah, pork. I just I can't have it. I just stay away from the pork. Um, I've been vegan. I've been pescatarian. I was pescatarian for about three years, so that lasted the longest. The vegan was a little too. It was too hard for me to get a balanced diet being vegan, and I was eating too much processed stuff because. I needed the stuff that looked like meat, kind of tastes like meat. So it, it, I was still eating a lot of processed food. So um, I came to the conclusion that what works best for me is to eat cleaner and to eat like organic meats instead of eating, you know, just any meat, try to get organic meat and stuff like that. And then, you know, I kind of felt better. You know what I mean? But me and pescatarian, I felt better too. You know what I mean? But I just needed something else in my diet. I couldn't do strictly vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wanted to discuss that too. Like, you know, I, to get people opinion, like, have you found that food, um, turn right. food, that, you know, yeah. how you feel? Yeah. Um, and just, you know, discuss like, you know, any topics that would come up like literally in my life that's like, do y'all deal with this too? You know what I mean? Like, it's just certain things or you have one of those days where you like, oh, I'm so tired of dealing with this with, the, with doctors or, yes. you, know, you know, everybody had their own experience with doctors, but sometimes you have to put your foot down with them as well and you get you frustrated with pay. them you have to be yeah. your own doctor at times and yeah and i'm look i'm saying that she basically diagnosed herself that's a concern that um i do want to bring up uh and uh, with the multiple sclerosis with multiple sclerosis society for on um, fighting for our on um, the multiple sclerosis society is i find that in the african-american community a lot of people are getting incorrectly diagnosed or yep. underdiagnosed, like you said, they're going to five or six doctors, everybody's playing the band-aid, nobody's connected. So I appreciate that you said that. And that those are big things to me about every just as a whole, like we're underdiagnosed, where um medications, certain medications work better for minorities than others. Mm-hmm. But what is that about? Like, it's just certain questions that. Oh, yeah. I, it's a lot of those because that new drug that they had came out with for the specifically, I think it was the for people that had the kidney issues. Um, ben, ben Lester, I think I'm pronouncing yeah. that right. Um, they found that it, for some reason, does not work as well in African-Americans. So um, they, I, I they were doing, I actually, they were doing a study and I thought about participating, but I honestly, I just didn't want to be Pope that meant that much more than what I was already being Pope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I just passed on it. I was like, you know what? I, Cause you don't know if you're going to get the placebo or what, you know, yeah. what you're going to get. I was just like, I, at the time I just was like, I don't think I feel like going through all of that, but they did do a study here in Michigan at Henry Ford, um, specifically on minority women, because it was found that Belesta was not working as well for minority women as it was. And this was a new medication that they were so excited about for lupus specifically, because all the drugs we get treated with were not made for lupus. They were all made for something else just happens to yeah. help. That with. Use. Yeah, because they get it. I mean, that's with anything that was like, oh, well, it also affects this, this, and this. And it also treats this, this, and this. I'm like, what? But that's not oh. what it's made for. You know what I mean? So they give you a, um, 
a anti uh, uh, antidepressant for I think antidepressant or you, they use it for bipolar or whatever to help you stop smoking. And I'm thinking like they want me to stop smoking. She's like, well, the lady was explaining to me. She was like, you know, it shouldn't make you feel better. You shouldn't have anxiety. And I'm like, shouldn't have anxiety and make me feel better. I'm gonna have anxiety because I'm about to stop smoking. What are you talking about? Exactly. And she was, yeah, she was like, oh, oh, this is for this and this and this and I'm bipolar. I'm like, no, because mental health is important, but I'm here because I'm trying to stop smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Not for all the other stuff. Not yeah. for all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's going to affect my moods because I might be slightly crazy in a different way. So it's going to take me to another element or is it going to take my slightly crazy that people like to the depressing stage? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I should, I should take off. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, because all that other stuff you don't even need. You was asking for something for one specific thing, but you like, oh, it helps with this, but it also can do all of this other stuff. You like, I don't want all the other stuff. I just want this one specific issue that I wanted to tackle, and I just you know, want you to help me tackle that. Yeah, exactly. So you can only truly quit by yourself on your own time. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what advice do you have for somebody either who's newly diagnosed, somebody who is diagnosed and has lupus, somebody who even who's thriving and doing well, or just what is your advice to somebody? For somebody that is newly diagnosed, take some time to learn your body what is going through right now and give it some time to heal or go through the process to learn how to take your medicine, learn how your life will be now. Not saying that it's going to be bad, but it's going to be different. You know what I mean? With that being said, take some time off work. Don't just be like, hey, I got to keep rolling. I mean, my mindset was like, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm going to keep going. And I should have stepped back. Yeah, I should have stepped back. I should have, when I first got diagnosed, I should have took a leave of absence. You know what I mean? You paying for it anyway out of your check. When you're paying for benefits, you paying for disability, you paying for all of these things. Use it. (laughs) If you have it, use it. And if your job ain't there, get another one. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like if I would have took some time, I wouldn't have had as many issues down the line. You know what I mean? Take a little break. Be like, because mentally you're going through things, too. Even though you're trying to be positive, you're trying to keep moving forward. You don't want your life to change. So you want to keep going to work. You want to keep going to parties. You want to keep doing everything that you were doing to prove a point. Like, I'm not going to let this stop me. But at the same time, your body needs a chance to get used to this medicine. You got to adjust mentally to the situation. And you should just take some time. And then go go get a counselor, go to therapy. It, It truly does help. Like, it helps you to be able to have tools that you need to mentally be able to handle everything that's going on too. So, you know, you may think like you got it under control, but all of those things is an important part. And even when I got diagnosed, you know, they, you know, of course they give me medicine, you know, that's the first thing they do to get you to give you the pills. And they don't give you any other guidance besides that. Like I had to go find my own support groups and, and this wasn't even at first when I first got diagnosed, I didn't know what to do. So, you know, you go to the doctor, they don't be like, here's some numbers you can call here's some support groups in the area. You like, you would think that they would be, I mean, because you're a doctor that deals with people that have autoimmune diseases all the time. Like, I know that, you know, of support groups and things like that, that, you know, like sometimes people may just need somebody to call and talk to about the situation, but they literally throw you the medicine and then tell you to come back in a month or two. And you kind of on your own to figure it out from there. So I wish that they would provide more of the supportive tools for mental and just to help you kind of navigate the space. And, you know, that's kind of something that you need to just kind of do on your own. But you definitely should take some time to um, 
let yourself breathe a little bit, you know, before you just start going full, full fledged forward. Like I'm about to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, that's not always the best approach. So I do wish that I would have had somebody to tell me that back then. I probably oh, wouldn't have as many problems, but um, yeah, I fought against slowing down for a couple years before it, it got me bad. So <laughs> I definitely understand. I got diagnosed when I was 17. So how do you tell a 17-year-old to what? <laughs> and Not then on top of it, I had kids at a young age, so I was chasing after toddlers. And I wasn't going to make their life different because I wanted them to always grow and to know that I have a Thing that I always tell my kids and I say no excuses because if I can do everything with MS, went to school, went to college, graduated, all this stuff, then there's nothing that you can't do. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I definitely push for that. Now, I'm speaking of, like you said, treat yourself well, medications and wellness. Now everybody is using municipal, is that word, municipal marijuana or medical marijuana, herbs, teas, shoes, candy, rubs, oils. Do you believe in those things? Have you experienced um, or have you used them yourself or do you use them if you don't mind answering? It's a personal question. It's okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Listen, okay. First off, the stuff that we taking is poison. Or is poison? Okay, it's like, worse than that. There's no other way to put it. Yes. Okay? Um, I actually talked to my doctor about it because I have been trying to ask about pain management for the longest time and they really don't have no answers it's like you can do therapy which you only get so much so many sessions to yeah. pay for by insurance yeah. right visit yeah so like okay you only have four visits left yeah i mean it's literally probably 10 sessions at the most so yeah. you know that's only i mean look how long a year is 10 sessions where that's really gonna get you with pain management right and um they still be expecting you to work full time. And so it's like, but how am I supposed to manage the pain though? You know, so they give you pain medicine. Most of the time it's going to be something like Motrin or Tylenol. Most of the time it's Motrin, right? Because Motrin is, um, you know, it helps with inflammation. Motrin messes up the lining in your stomach too. So that's where I have issues, right? I think that's why I'm having stomach issues is because I still take too much Motrin. Motrin is not made to be taken every day. It's not made to be taken twice a day. And sometimes with my condition, I have to take it twice a day to be able to function. If you want me to work, you want me to, you know, because they don't want to give you disability, right? So they, they, they expecting you to work but they're not giving you anything to manage the pain for real. Like you, you, you're really taking Motrin all the time. Tylenol too, but Tylenol don't really work for me at this point. Except uh, if it's the Tylenol three, which they don't want to give you that either. So um, it's hard to manage the pain. So what else are you supposed to use? So I actually talked to my doctor about it and she told me, she's like, I have so many patients that are having success with using cbd oil on there like the the rub and stuff on their joints and stuff like that she was like and actually um i go to university of michigan here in um michigan um, university of michigan hospital they're one of the best hospitals in the nation um they're actually going to be doing a study on uh medical marijuana because she was saying like she can't really, as a doctor, recommend right. it, right? Yeah, she, but she did say, I do not want you taking that much Motrin. And they, they asked for a copy of your card. They put it in the system. You can let them know that you're taking it. My doctor actually said she has nothing against it. Like, she actually thinks that it's a pretty good thing. She just yeah. wants to be involved and being educated like and which I like that's one thing I like about her because she's 
very open-minded. She just like, I'm not educated enough to tell yeah. you what to take yeah. or how to take it. She like, but I know I have a lot of patients that's having success with it. I say, try it. You know what I mean? And she said it, it shouldn't interact with none of my medicines or anything like that. I think that's, you know, really what they'd be concerned about. Um, but, you know, she told me to, to give it a try because she don't want me taking so much pain medicine. So I was like, hey, that's all I needed to know. Went on, took it. I mean, it helps a lot. I mean, I actually um, went, I didn't go. I, I, we had phone um, over the phone, like a meeting, like a Zoom meeting. Um, I met with a doctor that's actually educated. It, you know, California is super different. Um, yeah. They're way advanced with, with theirs. And yeah. um, they have like facilities there that have doctors that um, are trained to actually help you pick what will work best for your condition that you're having to keep the pain under control. So she helped me, like she sent me all of the products that she thought would work well for my condition. We had a zoom meetings and she, um, I think they changed the name of the company. I have to find it, but I'll send it over to you because what the name of the company was previously, I think they changed it, but it's still the same, you know, they still do the same stuff. Um, and I mean, she was really nice. Um, but she actually, she did all the footwork for me. She called around to the different dispensaries because she said, we have a lot of dispensaries here in Detroit. And she said that they are not quality. A lot of them, we have so many, it's like, it's like one on every corner on eight. On the one on yes, it's like a Walgreens or a CVS. Like they're everywhere here. And so she's like, you have to be careful which one you go to because sometimes, you know, they have a lot of hemp. And she said, hemp just isn't good for me and my condition. So I should try to stay away from the, from the hemp. Um, she um, had certain things that she felt like will work best for me. And then she had certain things that I could actually work and go to work and go throughout my day with that would make me tired or drag me down, but would keep the pain and, you know, keep the pain away. And then she had stuff for me to take at night. So she, you know what I mean? She gave me exactly like, you know, what to take. And so I really loved that because I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, I think when I first got my car, I got some edibles, you know, I didn't know what to get. Um, and she said like edibles for me, is not good because it has a lot of sugar in it because uh, sugar is not good. It's inflammatory. Exactly. And she was like, you don't want to, you know, that's not, that's defeating the purpose, you know? So she gave me some different options. I do use a CBD rub. Um, I mean, it, it works. I mean, it works better than taking Motrin all the time. I'll say that it's now. It, it makes it's me healthier. feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's healthier too. Um, do you have anything that you think that people might need to hear? Or do you have anything that you want to say? And you guys can follow her on Instagram. And I'm let her give you her information. Uh, let I'll give you the information if you have anything. I want you to allow you to give your information. And if you have anything that you want to say, something about you, or just something you want somebody to know that's that on these diseases, because we're uh, out here fighting on the front lines, so they can be heard too. But then I'll certify you as one sick beat. But if you have any other things that you want to say. Um, I guess I'll just say that it's important to tell your story. Um, I love the fact that you have this podcast and you're telling your story along with telling other people's story because, you know, some so many people are so silent about it and suffering with, with pain. And, you know, as black women, we definitely always try to carry. We carry too much at times. Right. And. You know, I think that it's important for us to just talk about it. You know what I mean? Not looking for Some people like to say, oh, they're just looking for attention, looking for a pity party, whatever, whatever, whatever. No, it's about creating awareness because, like, before I got diagnosed, I didn't know what lupus was. You know, and there's still a lot of people out here that don't know what lupus is, don't know what MS is. Like, they just know certain people that got it. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody... 
people know Tony Braxton's got lupus, but she seemed fine. You know, I think she's talked about her condition a little bit, but she's not. Oh, that's just like Tamia. She, to me, has not talked about it. Maybe she has and I missed it, but I know she's part of the MS Society, but I don't hear her advocating, you know, yeah. as much as I, yeah. as I thought, you know, yeah. that somebody with that voice, that rage. And maybe she has, I don't know, but I, you know, I get yeah. what you're saying. Just to speak up. It's, yeah, yeah. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like people like they, it, but then yeah. when you think of Tony Braston and you think of lupus, you're gonna think that lupus is not that oh, it's not that, that big of a deal. So it's not that bad because clear, I mean, it's good that she's thriving, but at the same time, she never oh, talked about her struggles though. And that's the part that I feel like you got to show both sides. You can't just yeah. show the thriving part because then everybody think that you're supposed to be just fine. Just and that's, thriving. that's not the case yeah. all the time. Like we yeah. do very well with the situation that we're yes. in, but it doesn't mean that we, that this is something that's easy to deal with on a daily basis. Of course, it's probably easier for her because I mean, she has a little more means. <laughs> But I mean, Nick Cannon has been very vocal about his. He has been too. He's been it. out and very vocal and sure. Yeah. It's not. It's not that cute. Mm-hmm. This is. I'm. This is what I'm going through outside of what you guys see. The entertainer. This is my personal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he's probably been the most vocal, but I still think that it's important for people to put it out there about you know what they go through, how hard it is, and I think people need to be educated. Um, I even tell my friends this because you you never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? You could be diagnosed with anything. You know what I mean? Cancer is just as much a devastating disease as, as lupus, as yeah. MS, as anything yeah. else. And this stuff has become the norm now because I guess of the way we eat and stuff like that. It's just been... I've had friends with cancer. I, I've lost a friend last year from breast cancer and we're young. You know what I mean? So I always tell my friends to be prepared not to work. Don't ever sit here and think that your body is going to take you to that job every day because you may not be able to go to that job. And it may not even be you to sick. It may be a kid. It may be your mom. It may be your Husband, anybody. it may be, it could be anybody that affects your ability to get up and go to a nine to five every day. Don't just depend on that. And don't think that if you need to take off work for an extended period of time or you think you're going to get disability, it's not that easy. You know what I mean? Which is what I found when I was trying to go through the process is that I thought that I was going to apply for disability and they were going to just give it to me because I yeah, elected it as a benefit. <laughs> no, I would do the same thing. I had to fight. I had to appeal it, get a lawyer and everything. Yes. Yes. Because they will deny you because most people are not going to fight. Um, But it's still a process. Even if you decide I'm going to fight that time period between that fighting period that you're doing with them and you still can't work. <laughs> that savings is going yeah. real quick when it ain't no yeah. income coming in. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I, everything. I also definitely try to talk about finances. I'm like, it's more to finances than, and even if you're not living paycheck to paycheck, when you actually cannot physically work, there is, that money goes very fast. And if you don't have any other income coming in, no passive income, you know, you're not married or your spouse can't handle everything on on their own, it could become a really big issue um, just not being prepared because a lot of us don't, you know, you never want to think anything is going to happen, you know, but it's always good to be prepared. So that's another thing that I like to talk about just in general with, with people, not even just, you know, going through anything at the moment, but you always want to be prepared because I thought that I was prepared. I wasn't prepared enough because I wasn't educated on the process of applying for disability. I wasn't educated. I thought because 
long-term was a part of my elected benefits. It was something I had a right to, right? You know what I mean? I, I, I'm paying for it. Right? I put that in there, right? <laughs> I, I didn't right? know they could deny me long-term. Like, yes. you could do that? Oh, okay. I didn't know. So, I mean, it was shocking to me. Yeah. But it was shocking yeah. at the wrong time. I feel like I'm dying right now. That's the way I feel. I'm like, I'm already in a position where I literally have no energy. I didn't have the energy to even fight them, but I knew I had to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a choice. I can't work. What I'm going to do? You know what I mean? But at this point, I'm literally in the hospital. Like, what am I going to do now? You know what I mean? Like that, you know, that was a big, it's a big blow. And then when you're already going through something, you're already sick, like to the point where you feel like you need to apply. Yeah. And then they, they tell you, no, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. So I try to educate people that it's not a simple process. You might have some time where you don't have any income. That time could be three years and three years of no income is not you can't sustain you can't unless you have passive income and you have a great amount of, like you got a savings that's just out of this world you're not going to be able to sustain for three yes. years two years yes. some people a year is not this they're barely making it right i was lucky enough to be able to move in with my mama yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Everybody yeah. don't have that. That's why I'm like, you have to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your finances and you always have to be prepared not to be able to physically work because we depend on that. And I didn't realize that the help that we're supposed to have was going to be so difficult to get. So that's definitely another conversation that I talk about on the blog that I try to talk about even on Facebook and stuff like that. Like, Look into life insurance, look into make sure that you have your finances in order. There are policies that will pay you if you get cancer. There are policies that will pay you if you get sick, period. They will pay you. Um, you just have to go and get these insurance policies on your own. You know what I mean? Like they're not something that, you know, you probably can get at your job or something like that. I think that most companies do offer AFLAC, which is for cancer. Yeah. Um, they usually pay you. They, they're known to be good for paying out. Just do your research. You know what I mean? Don't always think, you know, I was electing stuff, you know, just I never, even though I had, I had lupus already. I still never did research on how to apply for disability, how long it take. Never looked at it because I never wanted to think that I would get to that point, right? But it's still more important to be prepared than not be prepared. I wasn't prepared. So I don't want nobody to be in that situation like I was, you know, and I felt like I got lucky because I was able to move in with my mom and stuff like that. But people don't always have that type of support. And, you know, then you will have to push yourself to go back to work when you really shouldn't be working, you know? And so definitely that's a big point for me. Like be prepared, do your research. Insurance sucks. I know we don't like to pay for it. We feel like it's a waste of money. They charge they, too much money. they do charge too much money. They do. But <laughs> yeah. you use it and be thankful if you have. Be yes, there you go. Pray that you never have to use it, but be thankful you have it if you do. So um, that's why I always tell people, I'm like, because most of us don't have life insurance. Most of us don't. You know how we are as black people. So just, you know, financial literacy is important. It's not talked about enough in our community. Um, that's how people get ahead. You know, they leave stuff to their families. They leave like, you know, inheritance and stuff like that but you have to pay for these policies unfortunately but it it it, it can keep you from being in a bind in the long run well this is my favorite part of the podcast i really the favorite part the interview is my favorite part but this is a part where i say thank you for coming and sharing your expertise and i know people are like expertise she's not a doctor 
But I mean, expertise, call it expertise in life. These are things that people go through in their own battles, their own ways, and they mm-hmm. thrive through them. So I want to certify you as one sick bee. The definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battle that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. And I would like to certify you, One Sick B, and I would like to thank you for coming on One Sick B Podcast. But before we exit, can you please tell people where they can find the Chronically Fab? Um, the Chronically Fab Life is, you can just um, type in the chronicallyfablife.com and it will come up. That's my blog. And then my Instagram, I actually have to look at it because I have some underscores and some stuff that I cannot remember. That's that lupus brain. It is <laughs> chronically underscore fab underscore life. So that's my Instagram. And then my Facebook actually is totally different name. It's um, Nat, N-A-T-N-I, Nat Nee, and then underscore C-O-L-E, Cole. That's my Facebook. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming and sharing your experience. And if you guys are single and you guys don't have any kids, you guys have a good job or you have a good career or you just work for yourself, you are boss. And you are going to be faithful and you're going to love her to pieces unconditionally. She's in Detroit. If not, we don't accept those type of advice from us. Exactly, girl. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, kings and queens, for listening to One Sick B. And you can find One Sick B on Facebook at One Sick B Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at One Sick underscore podcast. One Sick B underscore podcast on Instagram, or you can find me under onesickbeat.com. On my website, one S-I-C, no K in this, we gangster, C-S-I-C-B, one S-I-C-B.com. Or you can find me on YouTube, onesickbeatpodcast.com. I mean, onesickbeatpodcast.com. And I would like to thank everybody for listening. Have you know, a every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform. When you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform. And when you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war.